siendo tú por lo que más quiero of Emily and Haley, welcome to this space. So I want to say just a few words. First, for those who are joining us online, our online platform does function a lot like Zoom. So you could simply watch and participate and be here to celebrate Gladys's life. If you desire, it also allows you to sign in and you can sit in a virtual seat. That'll allow you to connect with others, much like Zoom. So if you're joining from afar and you have people there with you that you'd like to connect with either during worship or afterwards, you're welcome to sign in and then to find a virtual seat next to that person and you can share together. For those of us here in the sanctuary, just a few words. If this is your first time here, welcome. And for some of us, this is our church home. We're grateful to be together. We are a United Methodist community of faith and our hope is that you'll feel welcome in this space as we gather to celebrate Gladys's life. And so if the Christian tradition is yours, um, welcome to this space. And if we're speaking a language that sometimes feels different to you or brings up some things, you can know that you're probably not alone. And our hope is that you'll breathe deeply and settle into this space and feel the love and spirit of God helping you to, to be in this place to celebrate Gladys and um, the folks that are here together in this way. So we gather in the beauty of this sanctuary to celebrate the life of Gladys Socorro Bender. And we come together in grief, acknowledging a human loss, and we ask God to grant us grace, that in our pain we might find comfort, that in our sorrow we might find hope, and in death, that we would know resurrection. Our Christian tradition teaches that in dying, Christ destroyed death. And in rising, Christ restores life. And that Christ indeed comes again. As in baptism, Gladys Socorro Bender put on the love of God. And so in that same love, love she is bathed now in glory. So as we reflect upon God's abiding love for Gladys. May we too be inspired to root our lives in grace, to grow in faith in whatever ways that might look for us, and emboldened to reach in love and heartened, heartened to live and to give generously. So I invite us into a spirit of prayer together. Loving God who gives us birth, you are ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. Yet you know our needs before we ask and our ignorance in asking. So may you give to us now your grace and your love that as we shrink before the mystery of death, we may feel and trust in the light of eternity. Speak to us once more this day your solemn message of life and of death. Help us to live as those who are prepared to die. And when our days here are accomplished, enable us to die as those who go forth to live, so that our living and our dying, our whole lives may be held in your love, and that nothing in life or in death separates us from your great love known in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're going to move in this celebration first with song. Ariel and Ben will help us. All of the music that we'll um, share today comes to us, selected by Emily and family who've gathered to celebrate this life. And so this is Over the Rainbow.
Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Emily Zelaya. Gladys was my mother. First of all, I wanted to thank each of you from the bottom of my heart for being here. And first, I wanted to thank Pastor Matt for opening up his congregation and this beautiful building to us. Thank you to the table, the United Methodist Church, for hosting this special event. Um, thank you, Corey, for filming this um, and for live streaming this event as well. Uh, to those of you who are watching live, uh, thank you for logging in. I know you're, you're coming in from all parts of the country, the world. Um, people from all over California are watching. Washington State, New Mexico, Colorado, Louisiana, Florida, New York, and even Australia, uh, and of course my homeland of Nicaragua. Um, gracias por, por compartir este, este día conmigo. Uh, los quiero mucho, mi, mi querida familia. Espero que un día nos podamos juntar de nuevo. And Yes, so thank you for all the ways that you have expressed your love and support to me and my family. Every act of kindness that, uh, and love that you, that you have given me, I've fully received. And I promise you that my mom feels them too. She always said that whenever someone did something kind to me, it would be like someone did it to her three times more. And so I know that she is feeling three times more gratitude than I am. And I wanted to thank Haley, my beautiful wife, partner in life, um, and her family, who's my family as well. Thank you for being my rock, for being those I can count on during this time. And thank you for holding me up, everyone. A bright star was born on December 30th, 1955, in Nicaragua. She was one of two daughters. Gladys's older sister, Aurora, was raised by other family members. Her father, Tino Zelaya, was tragically killed in a car accident when my mother was only two. Her mother, Catalina Pineda, became ill, and my mother had to take care of her until she passed away, and my mother was only 15. As my mother grew up, so did her love of music and dance. From a very young age of five, she had a private dance instructor who gave her weekly lessons in flamenco. Her grandmother was a proud Spanish woman, and this was a way to keep that Spanish culture alive. My mother excelled at flamenco dancing. She performed for crowds, including family from her father's side, the Zelayas, who are directly descended from a previous uh, Nicaraguan president. Dancing was an outlet for self-expression. Unfortunately, due to pressure from her grandmother to marry quickly and be taken care of, she married my father, Miguel Lopez, when she was only 16. My mother gave birth to two daughters. On November 1st, 1973, she went into labor, and her first child was stillborn. My mom and dad named her Santo, which means holy in Spanish. She was also born on All Saints Day, so it made sense. I can't imagine the sense of grief my mother carried from this loss and from losing her parents at such a young age. And yet she carried on. She and my dad traveled through Central America for the next few years. Then on October 24th, 1977, she gave birth to me. I was born on the day of San Rafael, who is one of the three archangels and the patron saint of healing. I believe that my birth was healing to her and gave her the comfort she needed. I was a little piece of her, and as she used to say, I was her heart outside her body. I was her true love. My mom was raised to be Roman Catholic. Her spiritual guides were the Virgin Mary and the baby Jesus. My mom's faith was important to her. She could understand the love, uh, the love of a mother for her child. And this made her feel very close 
to the Virgin Mary and her story. From a very early age, I remember my mom clearly, with assurance, telling me that I had a guardian angel by my side always. This belief was held so strongly, it made us both feel like I had a little extra protection wherever I went. This strong belief in angels was lifelong and powerful. I admit that I have had situations happen to me where the only explanation I can think of is divine protection. My mother Gladys was an inspiring soul, hardworking and my hero. She sacrificed her life for the best, for the better of mine. At age 24, she brought me with her to the States to escape the violence and turbulence of a war-torn country. We arrived in San Francisco during the coldest month of the year, January 1980. Despite the cultural shock, she was determined to make this new land our home. This is the land of opportunity, and she made sure to take every bit of it. My mother was a loving, nurturing, warm-hearted woman. I remember watching her closely as she cared for children, the elderly, individuals with disabilities, and animals. When I was about six years old, we lived in Mountain View, and she found an injured young bird in our backyard. She knew exactly what to do. She scooped him up in her hands and brought him inside to examine his bleeding injured wing. She cleaned his wound, fed him little pieces of bread that she had dipped in milk, and created a makeshift nest made up of lint rolls from our dryer. It was only a day or two later when she placed him gently outside, and we watched as he flapped his wings, and with much effort, he flew off, hopefully back to his family. Back home in Nicaragua, my mother had left two parrots behind with someone caring for them. She adored them, and I remember watching her cry when she received a call, letting her know that they had passed away, likely from a broken heart. Her love of animals, including our dogs, Teddy, Gia, and Lola, was immense. When our first dog, Teddy, got older, around the age of 12, he contracted a severe eye infection, and he, had to he needed to have his eye removed. After his surgery, I came home from college to visit my mom, and I found her wearing an eye patch. I asked, why, why are you wearing an eye patch? And she said that she wanted to know what it felt like to walk around the house with only one eye. Her empathy for Teddy and her loved ones was always powerful. Both animals and children seemed to gravitate to her. My mother was generous and loved giving back to the community. She volunteered at my school, always offering to help teachers, chaperoning trips, helping plan and create decorations for our senior grad night. She knew all the custodians as well as she knew my teachers. She made it a point to greet everyone she saw regardless of their title or position. She always told me how how important it was to treat everyone with equal respect and to never ignore or shy away from anyone from making eye contact with strangers. She became involved with Kiwanis once I left for college. I had been active with Kiwanis in high school and in college, and then she continued after me. She loved participating in service projects, and together we became chaperones at the Special Olympics. I'll never forget the joy I found watching her assist participants in their, in their different sporting events, cheering them on, and always ready to offer hugs, their smiles lasting forever. <clears throat> My mother's hugs and kisses are unforgettable. Her long embraces and kisses on each cheek, leaving lipstick, lipstick marks all over my face, made me feel like she was filling my tank up with love, and somehow that tank always overflowed. 
It's no surprise to any of you who knew her personally that she would stop to tell you stories about me. She loved to brag about me to anyone who would listen. She could go on and on. I'm so sorry to those of you who had to listen. <laughs> it embarrassed me, but what could I do? I was her pride and joy, her most valuable treasure, and she was my biggest cheerleader. She was the best team mom, never missed a sporting event, whether it was a home game or away. She would follow the school bus. I could always count on seeing her there on the sideline, whether it was for softball, basketball, volleyball, she was always there. She had her cooler filled with juices, sliced up oranges, watermelon, even bags of sunflower seeds ready for me and my teammates to enjoy. Another one of my fondest memories is when she walked me down the aisle at my wedding in June of 2019. We were both nervous but full of smiles. This was a special moment for me as it was for her. This unconditional love and support of my relationship meant everything to me. Besides expressing herself through music and dance, my mother also took great joy in beauty and in hair care. She became a licensed cosmetologist as a teenager and kept her license active. When her mother passed away, she was asked to run a beauty salon in Honduras on behalf of family friends. And this was a unique experience for someone so young to run a business. Her talent and maturity were recognized. Growing up, my mother continued to cut and style hair and makeup at a salon chain. I remember her coming home late in the evenings, and she would show me the wads of cash from the tips that she had earned earlier that day. I'd eagerly count the money and make stacks for her to organize. The money she made from the tips would always go towards our vacation trips. My mom would tell me that if I got straight A's, I could choose anywhere I wanted to go. And I remember responding to her, Mom, good grades shouldn't be rewarded. They should be expected. Hearing this from a 10-year-old made her laugh, but she did it anyway, and this was my reward system. We traveled each year to visit family across North America, including Florida, Louisiana, our family in Canada, and of course, our homeland in Nicaragua. Once I was in high school, my mom decided to venture out into a new career, and she became a certified teacher's aide for ESL students and for students with special needs. This was a perfect career because it allowed her to have a similar schedule as me, and therefore, we could spend more time together. My mom's love for children was a two-way street. Her students absolutely loved her, and enjoyed her energy and positive, fun-loving attitude. She would sing to her students, dance with them, and make them laugh, finding creative ways to keep their attention and keep them learning. She first began working at elementary schools and then years later transitioned to working at a high school. She even managed to blend her careers together by offering free haircuts to her students. As she used to say, when you look good, you feel good, and then you do good. And she claims it helped their self-confidence and in turn improved their grades. When, my, when I was six years old, my mother married Fred Bender, my stepfather, and we moved to Mountain View. From an early age, the three of us decided to give ourselves nicknames. I was Emily the Pro, Fred was Mr. Perfect, and my mom claimed herself as the star. Decades later, these nicknames were still in use for all our greeting cards and to each other at every holiday and celebration. My mother's nickname couldn't be a better fit. Bright and shiny, and now she's part of that celestial sky. My mother had an abundance of love and joy for life, despite the hardships and struggles. She loved to shower people with gifts, and feeding people was one of her love languages. You never left her home empty-handed. She didn't believe in the less is more mentality. Rather, she felt that more wasn't enough. Her happy, bubbly personality, infectious laughter, and heavy Latin accent made her so cute. And during moments when she was a little ditzy, 
it only made her extra special. But don't let my mother's femininity fool you. Behind that big hair, makeup, and heavy dose of perfume, she was fierce, independent, and the most feminine feminist I've ever known. One of her favorite quotes was, women who try to be equal to men lack ambition. <laughs> My mom had no doubt that women could run things better than men. She taught me from an early age about mechanics, how to change a tire, change my own oil, spark plugs. She taught me ways to fix things around the house, including electrical work. And she encouraged me to try fixing anything myself first before calling a professional. Despite my mom's long manicured nails, she was never afraid to get her hands dirty. I remember the times that she and I went camping together. She loved nature and the fresh outdoors. However, she practically invented glamping. We always had the most fabulous, glamorous tent site in the campground. My mother and I shared a fascination with space exploration, philosophy, metaphysics, science and technology, world events, social justice, politics, and spirituality. Although she identified as Catholic, she held a deep respect for the teachings of His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, and she loved learning the lessons of Buddha. We could sit down for a meal and spend hours talking about any one of these topics and be filled with wonderment of this world. We laughed a lot and very often. I love how curious we were together and how excited we would be to share new knowledge. Mom, you achieved so much in this life, and I'm proud of you, your perseverance and your courage to get us where we are today. You gave your best to me, and I will never take that for granted. All my successes are yours. Even in death, you continue to give of yourself. As an organ donor, you are giving the gift of sight, the gift of your beauty with your skin, and the gift of movement and dance with your connective tissue. I burst into tears when I think of how fortunate those recipients will be to have a piece of you. I promise to follow in your footsteps and continue your legacy of generosity, love, and ability to find humor in everyday life. I am a product of your love. Your soft and gentle tone, I listen in my head, praying for my safety and reminding me to eat. Your shine and brilliance not only make the night sky a little brighter, but I'm grateful to say that now I have one more guardian angel looking after me. Thank you.
pushing through the darkness still another mile I believe in angels something good in everything I see I believe in angels when I know the time is right for me Cross the stream. I have a dream. Cross the Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Alfredo Lopez, and my family and I are uh, honored to be part of uh, and share his life with uh, Gladys. Buenas tardes a todos nosotros. So, mi nombre es Alfredo Lopez, y este, mi familia y yo estamos muy felices de haber sido parte de la vida de Gladys. This goes back to 1982, two years after Emily and Gladys came to the United States. Specifically in Mountain View, my wife Sonia and my daughter Carolina, they were in line to get to the first day of school, at, specifically at Mariano Castro Elementary School in, Mon in Mountain View. And it happened, it so happened that Gladys and Emily were close by and they started talking in Spanish and they realized that they came from the same place. We came, and for the same reasons. And here we are four decades later. Esta relación comenzó con Gladys allá en el año 1982 cuando Gladys y Emily estaban en línea en una escuela que se llama Mariano Castro School en Mountain View. Y de igual manera estaba Sonia y mi hija Carolina, de la misma edad, more or less. Y comenzaron a hablar y encontraron ese acento. We have a kind of, uh, we talk loud. Nicaraguans, we are loud. You know, we just can't help it. And, and, Inmediatamente se dieron cuenta pues, de que eran nicaragüenses. So, there started a relationship that went on for decades. Went on for decades. Uh, this friendship developed into, familiar, into a familiar relationship in which she became a sister for my wife and I. And Myself and my wife became my brother and sister for her. Our, our children became cousins. We met Fred and we developed a really good relationship with Fred and, and he become, you know, we spent cherished times together over the decades. Conocimos a Fred, este, Nuestra relación se fue más allá, más allá de amistad, sino que fue una, una relación familiar. Muchas cosas en común. Este, este, y nos juntábamos muchas veces para muchas cosas. Gladys, I, I, I was listening to Emily, you know, when you were saying about taking care of the, uh, everyone. Taking care of the children, taking, taking care of the... Uh, and I was grateful to see how your mom was with my parents. Estaba reflexionando en lo que dijo Emily de que 
es, esa nobleza de corazón que tenía Gladys se reflejaba en cómo cuidaba a los niños y cómo cuidaba a los adultos, a los ancianos. Y eso mi familia y yo lo vivimos. Porque ella estuvo en los momentos difíciles cuando mis padres este, nos dejaron. During all these decades, we got together for a simple chat, for a birthday, for a bautism, first communion, wedding, funeral, hospitals, or home when somebody got ill. Durante todos estos años fue siempre nos reuníamos, aunque solo fuera para hablar, o por un bautizo, una primera comunión, un funeral, un... Un, un, un matrimonio, lo que fuese, o simplemente alguien estaba enfermo, y ya sea en el hospital o en la casa, y ahí estábamos los unos a los otros. We, uh, we spent times together throughout the happy times and the hard times, and that's what defines a friendship. Pasamos las duras y las más duras, decimos en español, las buenas y las malas. We devote time to each other simply because we love and care for each other. Dedicábamos tiempo los unos a los otros simplemente porque nos queríamos y que nos, y nos importaba cómo estábamos. Nos re, we laugh and cry together. We, nos reímos y lloramos juntos. We lean, we lean in each other's children during all those years knowing that we counted with each other anytime. Sabíamos que podíamos contar los unos con los otros en cualquier momento. Gladys was part of our lives and her departure is very hard for us. However, the memories of the times my family and I share with her will be forever cherished in our minds and our hearts. Gladys es parte de nuestra vida, simplemente así es, o sea, una relación muy fuerte. Y sí, nos duele que se va, pero nos quedan esos buenos recuerdos de los tiempos que pasamos juntos y siempre va a estar entre nuestra mente y corazones. Thank you. Thank you, Alfredo. We are going to take a moment and just invite you to pause and to just um, breathe into the beauty of this space and the memory and the beauty that's been shared. And the family has prepared a video um, reflecting or inviting us into Gladys's life. So I just invite you to watch and to be in a continued spirit of prayer as we hold the family. Tanto correr por la vida sin freno Me olvidé que la vida se vive un momento De tanto querer ser en todo el primero Me olvidé de vivir los detalles pequeños de tanto jugar con los sentimientos Viviendo de aplausos envueltos en sueños De tanto gritar mis canciones al viento Ya no soy como ayer Ya no sé lo que siento Olvidé de vivir, me olvidé de vivir, me olvidé de vivir. 
olvidé de vivir De tanto cantarle al amor y a la vida Me quedé sin amor una noche de un día De tanto jugar con quien yo más quería Perdí sin querer lo mejor que tenía De tanto ocultar la verdad con mentiras Me engañé sin saber que era yo quien perdía De tanto esperar yo que nunca ofrecía me toca llorar yo que siempre reía me olvidé de vivir me olvidé de vivir me olvidé de vivir me olvidé de vivir De tanto correr por ganar tiempo al tiempo Queriendo robarle a mis noches el sueño De tantos fracasos, de tantos intentos Por querer descubrir cada día algo nuevo De tanto jugar con los sentimientos Viviendo de aplausos envueltos en sueños De tanto gritar mis canciones al viento Ya no soy como ayer Ya no sé lo que siento me olvidé de vivir, me olvidé de vivir, me olvidé de vivir, me olvidé de vivir. of you who I haven't met, uh, my name is Haley, and uh, I'm Emily's wife, Gladys is my mother-in-law, and I'm so grateful to all of you for being here today. I'm going to read a scripture, but before that I'm just going to say a few words as well. Gladys was a small but mighty woman. I don't think you could cross paths with her without seeing that she was a force of nature. She imprinted herself on me with an impact beyond the eight earthly years of our relationship. Her generosity, affection, glamour, and exuberance were an inspiration, as was her way of savoring the joy in small moments. Gladys survived incredible hardships and losses, but that was never her story. Instead, I believe that the story she embraced both out in the world and in her quiet solitude was her arc of motherhood. The birth of Emily was the revelation of purpose, 
From that day on, all other considerations paled. When the war in Nicaragua brought horrors to their country and family, Gladys packed two suitcases. One with her belongings and the other filled with tiny clothes and Gerber baby food to bring her daughter to safety in San Francisco. And she did her best throughout her life to protect, lift up, and prioritize Emily. Gladys called herself my mom number two and showed her love for me in many ways, from kisses to bringing a bracelet for me to wear on our wedding day to making the gallo pinto and almond cookies she knew were my favorites. I miss her dearly. What I can speak to best and what I think was her And what I think was her greatest pride was how her character shaped Emily into the woman she is, the woman I love beyond measure. Every day I see Gladys's gentle nature and firm backbone reflected in Emily's kindness and unflinching bravery in the face of our world's injustices. Her loyalty and commitment in Emily's steadfast partnership. Her moral compass in Emily's integrity that she holds strong to even when faced with pushback. Her open-heartedness in Emily's welcome and assistance to people in their hour of need. Her love of children and animals in Emily's adoration of babies and our dogs Gia, Phoebe, Woody, Cece, and now little Lola. Her seeking mind in Emily's endless curiosity about the universe, psychology, and the future. Her resilience in Emily's courage through this sudden and heartbreaking loss. I believe Gladys's story is one of the triumph of love. Any religious dogma, cultural stigma, or fear that she found in herself, she found an even greater power to overcome and cleanse with the power of love. I know she looks down today with her heart full of pride, gratitude, and light as she sees us gathered to celebrate her life and the legacy she has bestowed. And now I will read from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, Mary's Magnificat, also known as Mary's Song of Praise. And Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose name is holy, set apart from all others. God's mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before God. God bared God's arm and showed strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. God knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. God embraced God's chosen child, Israel, remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what God promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. Invite us into a spirit of prayer. God, we give thanks for the depth of your love for Gladys, for your love felt within those gathered in this space, 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be in alignment with your hope for the world, the world for which you love so much. Amen. Our Christian tradition teaches that life doesn't end after death. Instead, our loved ones have finished what the poet David White calls the Great Migration Home. But even when we hold close to this truth, our hearts can still be filled with sorrow and with longing and sadness for the one we have lost. We heard this and felt this in all of the sharing today. In Emily's words, in the cracking of Alfredo's voice as he remembered, in Haley's reflection, and I've been reminded this in journeying just these last weeks with Emily and Haley. First, as they called, just trying to look for a church where they could feel safe to be in a space to remember their mom. And then as we gathered to reflect on Emily's mom's lifelong Roman Catholic identity and the way that she made sense of that and how she lived that out, leaning into love, in ways that so often our church fails to, to do. And then opening the sanctuary this morning or this afternoon and seeing the beautiful people come in who care so much for you, Emily, and for all of those gathered in this day. I'm actually grateful that we have traditions like this, memorials passed down by religious communities to help us create space to honor and to grieve the life of the loved one that we miss, to mourn together, not just by ourselves in private, but collectively as a people to share stories, to remember, and at the same time to celebrate, to celebrate the love of the person that we are missing. That same poet, David White, he shares this. When one thing dies, all things die together. And we must live again in a different way. When one thing is missing, everything is missing and must be found again in a new whole. And everything wants to be complete. And part of what we do as we gather to memorialize is to grieve and to celebrate both Gladys's life. We hold space together acknowledging the, the ways in which we must learn, especially those who loved Gladys most deeply. We must learn to live again in a different way. For those of us closest to Gladys, we also acknowledge that this is merely one step. One step today on a long, grieving journey that still lies ahead. There's a Quaker pastor, and his name is Philip Gully, and he says this. Death jogs our minds about what matters most. It separates wheat from chaff. Life isn't about money and big houses, fancy cars and titles. It's about family and friends, our relationship with God and whether we love. We can't fit all of that on a tombstone. So we carve our names and our dates of death and birth, and we hope that somewhere between those two dates, life was well lived. December 30th, 1955 to January 7th, 2023, Gladys's life was well lived between those two dates. The preacher to preacher named Frederick Beekner says that you do not love God so that tit for tat, God will then save you. To love God is to be saved. To love anybody is a significant step along the way. You do not love God and live for God so that you'll go to heaven. Whichever side of the grave you happen to be talking about, to love God and live for God is an experience of heaven. It's a gift, not an achievement. And so today we give thanks for the gift that Gladys experienced in a life well lived. A gift she continues to experience held in God's unfolding grace. This child born in Managua, a brave immigrant forced to flee a war-torn country, a wife 
a woman who knew the depth of grief and loss, and a woman who lived with flair, a woman who worked with her hands and knew beauty and shared that gift with those around her, a mom who grew filled with pride and adoration for you, the star child of God, we say in the Christian tradition. As I listen to Emily reflect upon her mom, the story of another young, brave refugee who knew grief and loss and whose own child would go on to work with his hands and show the world something about beauty came back over and over. That mother for me was, was Mary, and Emily decided to have Mary's Magnificat shared today as a reminder of how her own mother's journey echoes the faithfulness of Mary's journey generations and generations ago. Just as God chose Mary and loved her fiercely, it's my deep sense that God also chose Gladys and loved her fiercely. And it's hard for me to imagine Mary's whole body having quite the flair that Gladys had in a single finger. But I do believe with the fabric of my being that the way Gladys grew to love and embrace her child echoes the way in which Mary would grow to love and embrace Jesus. And what's more, today I give thanks for the ways that God's love knit Gladys in her mother's womb. The ways that God's love accompanied Gladys at the moments of deep consciousness and the moments when she wasn't even feeling it in her body through a life well lived. I give thanks for the ways God's love held her in tenderness into those last days and in life everlasting. So I invite you to hear this prayer. This is a prayer that comes to us from a an Irish poet and teacher, his name is John O'Donohue. And so I invite you to hear these words in just the spirit of prayer. This is his poem called Entering Death. Friends, I pray that you will have the blessing of being consoled and sure about your death. May you know in your soul there is no need to be afraid. When your time comes, may you have every blessing and strength you need. May there be a beautiful welcome for you in the home you're going to. You are not going somewhere strange, merely back to the home you have never left. May you live with compassion and transfigure everything negative within you and about you. When you come to die, may it be after a long life. May you be tranquil among those who care for you, May your going be sheltered and your welcome assured. May your soul smile in the embrace of your Anam Kara, your soul friend. Amen. Our musicians are going to invite us to just settle into a spirit of holding Gladys in love. This is... Um, Ariel and Ben sharing what a wonderful world. And I just invite you to hold whatever memories arise for you or gratitude that you might feel in this moment. Dark sacred night 
Let's just pause and to stay in a spirit of prayer. God of us all, your love never ends. When all else fails, you are still God. And so we pray to you for one another in our need and for all throughout creation who mourn with us this day. To those who doubt, may you give strength and hope. To those who are weak, may you give courage to all of us who live amid brokenness, may you remind us of grace. And to all who sorrow, may you grant peace. Keep true in us the love with which we hold one another, that in all of our ways of creating community, we might find ourselves ever deeper, trusting in you and in one another. And so with your church on earth and in heaven, we offer our lives in this moment in honor and glory now and forever. Amen. And so friends, I'm going to share what the church calls a commendation, a prayer over the ashes of Gladys. I invite you to stand as you're willing and able, and we will allow this closing prayer to be our sending forth. Loving God, all that you have given us is yours. As you first gave Gladys to us, so now we give Gladys back into your arms. May you receive Gladys in the arms of your mercy and raise her with all of your creation. Receive us also. Raise us into new life and help us to reach in love in this world that we may enter into your joy in this world and the world to come in our living and in this moment we offer our lives giving thanks for your love for Gladys now and always. Amen, amen, amen. And so friends, trusting in the love of God that gathers us in this space, that holds each of you in this moment and accompanies us out into the world, may you go trusting in the grace of God the love of God in the life expressed through Gladys and the love of God expressed in the life we are all living. So may we go from this place held in God's embrace. Amen. We're going to invite the family to come up for a moment. And Emily is then going to lead us out for those who would like to have time in a more intimate space in the fireside room, which is just around the hallway. You'll see um, just this direction. You're welcome to go there. For those that are online, you're welcome to stay for as long as you desire and connect with one another in those virtual seats. And um, as Emily and Haley come forward, the music will come up and we'll follow them out as we go. So may you go in peace this day.
Adiós, pampa mía, me voy, me voy a tierras extrañas. Adiós, caminos que he recorrido, ríos, montes y cañones, la pera donde nació. Si no volvemos a verlo, tierra querida, quiero que sepas que al irme dejo la vida. Adiós. Dejarte pampa mía, ojos y almas se me llenan con el verde de tus pastos y el temblor de las estrellas, con el canto de tus vientos y el sollozar de viuelas que me alegraron una vez y otras me hicieron llorar. Adiós, pampa mía. Me voy, me voy a tierras extrañas. Adiós, caminos que he recorrido, ríos, montes y cañadas, la pera donde he nacido. Si no volvemos a ver, tierra querida, quiero que sepas que al irme dejó la vida, me voy, pampa querida, me voy.